Save the Semantics, episode 240. It is December 22nd, 2023. My name is Myro. This is the podcast where I ramble on for a bit about some shit. Uh, I have quite a lot of things to talk about and not necessarily a whole lot of time. Um, I found found a little bit of time to record today. Um, So I I would like to take advantage of that. So I I don't know if I'm going to record later uh, this weekend. Uh, Most likely not. So I just wanted to kind of squeeze it in. Because I have quite a lot of things to talk about. There's a lot to catch up on. I wanted to record earlier this week, during like the middle of the week or something, just to go over some shit. But it didn't happen. That's okay. Um, This week, uh, I have slept like fucking dog shit. (laughs) It is like no, no exaggeration, dude. And it is so frustrating because I... It has nothing to do with my work. It has nothing to do with my current schedule or anything like that. I have just slept like just my sleep has just been a dumpster fire, man. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that bad. Like some insomniacs will probably listen to this and be like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I've slept. What has happened is I have slept for like... I, I, I can more or less go to bed. It is just like throughout this week, I have repeated the same shit over and over again, like clockwork. It is frustrating. It is what whatever Einstein said, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is is the definition of, definition of insanity. That's what's that, That's what I've been doing this whole week, man. I've gone to bed 11 or 12. I sleep, I, I I get up, guaranteed I wake up around like 5 or 6, I stay up for like a couple of hours because I can't sleep and I'm like dicking around on my phone because I can't fall asleep and then I eventually fall asleep at the worst time which is around like 7 something, 7.30 which is maybe like an hour or so before I need to really get up, I fall asleep and then I get up at 8.30 and it doesn't give me enough time to do shit. So I'm like fucking rushing. I'm doing all of this stuff, and uh, it's just been a struggle. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm trying my best to. I I I just want to improve it in some way, shape, or form. So, um, I think, I mean, the one thing I recognized is that I need to cut back on caffeine. I think that's a big thing. Um, uh, and and then also like cut back on any like any caffeinated thing for at like nighttime because I've drinking teas at night and shit and that's clearly not a good thing so I need to I, I'm I'm trying my best to cut back on that but I also need to like develop a, just a better routine in in general you know what I mean um, so I think I just really need to focus on that. Maybe I need to go to bed early or some shit. I don't. I don't know exactly what, but I, it, it's been a pro. It's been a problem. It's been like my biggest issue, <laughs> like for a while. Like I, I, I know that I've sort of bitched about and complained about this on, on you know, on here for for a good time now. But it, it has just become such a noticeable thing, especially this past week. And I, I don't know like what happened. I don't know what made it worse. Like it might have to do with the fact. Like, honestly, I think I've just started to pay attention to it more ever since my second bout with COVID. I feel like my sleep quality has just slowly started to decline since then, since during these, like, past few weeks. And it's just been, like, damn. Like, I think I'm just sort of hitting the peak of how bad it is right now. So, tonight, I am going to sleep like a baby. I'm going to... I'm just going to focus on sleeping. I'm not going to do any other extra shit even though I want to. You know, I I, I, I don't want to go on Reddit and catch up on the basketball and, and you know, play on my Switch for, like, another couple hours past midnight. I'm not doing that. I'm going to bed. And I'm going to try to go to bed at a decent time if I can. Um, if it's a little late, it's fine. I'm going to give myself a bit of a grace period. But I'm, I'm going to go to bed. And I'm going to get eight hours of sleep, man. Straight. Un- uninterrupted sleep if I can. You know what I mean? 
Luckily, I don't have shit to do tomorrow, so I can sleep in and stuff, and I can feel a little better about myself. But enough of this fucking going to bed and sleeping for five hours, feeling like shit, and then trying to nap for a couple more, and then feeling worse off afterwards. Like, none of that. You're getting rid of that. God. You know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with for um, this week. It's It's been a struggle. Anyways, I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> um, so this past week, basketball here and there, I've been kind of, I haven't been super paying, paying super close attention. I've been sort of in on and off on, on basketball. Uh, I'm actually going to a Warriors game tonight, which I'm very excited for. Um, going to check out, uh, they're going to be playing the Wizards. Didn't realize they were going to be on ESPN, which is kind of wild. Uh, kind of interesting hearing the Wizards, you know, getting a uh, national TV game, but good for them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I hope we win. We should win. Everything points to us being able to pull off the, the, the victory. Uh, but I'm I'm not counting my, uh, you know, chickens before they hatch, all that shit. So, but I'm excited for that. Um, let's get into kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk about this week. Because I, re- I really wanted to get into it earlier uh, when I sort of had my, uh, you know, when I was in closer proximity to uh, when I watched it. But last weekend, uh, me and my mom, we went to go watch The Boy and the Heron, uh, Hayao, Hayao Miyazaki's newest film, Studio Ghibli's newest film. Uh, I, it could be his, potentially his last film, even though he's been saying that shit for like 20 years. But... Um, we went to go watch it. My mom was excited because she hasn't seen, like, a, you know, a Ghibli film or just, like, a you know movie in theaters for, for a long-ass time. So uh, she was looking forward to it. And um, I was also looking forward to it. I hadn't seen... I hadn't seen a Ghibli production in, in a very long time. The last one that I watched was Marnie and Me, which was fantastic. It was not Miyazaki. It was not a Miyazaki film. Uh, but I thought it was really well done. And uh, I was looking forward to this one. I had no, I had no prior knowledge about this. I didn't look up anything. I didn't look up any trailers. I didn't read any reviews, anything like that. I kind of went into it pretty much blind. And so, um, ultimately, I was left disappointed with the film. Unfortunately, that was really just kind of the, you know, really unfortunate sort of conclusion. Uh, and to my sort to my thoughts after seeing the film there's a lot to appreciate about it there's a lot to really um you know absorb take in potentially reflect on uh this is a film that i feel is fairly divisive like despite both the critic and audience reception on you know in, in the internet <laughs> on like Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that I feel this is a more divisive film than those kind of Metacritic scores necessarily let on I just like this could be a positively accepted film overall but in general for like the general audience I just I I, I don't know there's a lot to dig into um, my thoughts I, I kind of want to preface my thoughts are going to be all over the place, <laughs> kind of like the film, uh, but it's going to be, it, it's not going to be a super clean and coherent, you know, breakdown. I'm going to be jumping all over the place, but I'm going to try my best to, to keep them as organized as, as possible as it, when I'm discussing the, this film, because I have a lot to kind of discuss and explain. Um, I have a lot of thoughts that are, uh, that I that I feel are kind of incomplete as well because I there are some things that I don't I just don't necessarily know how to feel about. Um, so yeah, I, I I I just wanted to kind of preface that before I kind of delve into it. So this <clears throat> this movie was, and this is something that I kind of learned about after sort of discussing the film with with my mom after we watched it. Um, But this film is kind of a reflection 
of Miyazaki's sort of life and kind of his own, I guess you could say, like, ruminations about the things that he's gone through. Um, the most obvious kind of thematic element or obvious plot or narrative piece is in regards to his his real-life loss, early loss of his mother um, and potentially kind of how he dealt with that at a young age. And I think that's sort of clear in the film. Um, and then also you could point to like his upbringing post or during World War Two and kind of post-World War Two. That sort of... Um, the movie sort of take, takes place in that period of time. It, it looks like kind of towards the end of the war. And um, so those those things are uh, after kind of learning about that. I, I can kind of reflect on that and see that that's a lot more present throughout uh, the film. Um, I'll just say this before I get into my criticisms because I have quite a lot. Um, the movie is beautiful. It is incredibly well animated. Um, it is like beautifully realized. There's this kind of like surrealist sort of element going for it, which I dig. I like surrealist, surreal art, you know, like, uh, you know, Picasso and shit like that. That's kind of, I appreciate that. Um, but I feel that the narrative is what really kind of brought the movie down. Like, presentationally, it is incredibly well done. Like, it is just kind of up to standard with all the other Ghibli animated films, of course. There are some incredibly well... There's some really cool animated sequences, especially towards the beginning of the movie where the main character, Mahito, he's sort of going through this destruction that's occurring around him, and he's, like, the only character who who has his, like, features sort of complete, like, everybody else sort of, like, blurs into the background. It's, like, it's really well done. It's beautiful. Like, everybody else is sort of a part of the fires that are happening around him and the chaos that's happening around him. That's It, it, it was very well done, and it was, like, really drew me in. I was like, oh, shit, it's kind of... It's going to be that kind of film. <clears throat> it's going to be a lot more serious, and it's going to be a lot more... Um, tragic, I felt. Um, and it wasn't really that. <clears throat> you could, I could say, like, I feel like for people that enjoy films that sort of subvert expectations, <laughs> this film might be sort of, it might be something that you might enjoy. But I, ju I just, I, it just if you are subverting expectations in terms of like you're presenting something and you're sort of expecting some kind of oh, okay so this is how the story is going to go and then if you like sort of like change or you sort of morph the narrative to be actually something else i feel like it has to be compelling enough for it to warrant your uh to warrant like your appreciation of it in my opinion you know what i mean so beginning of the film the main crux and the kind of the obvious crux of the film is in regards to mahito and how he deals with the loss of his mother and he has this kind of strange and somewhat strained it's sort of an underdeveloped relationship with his new mother who looks exactly like his old mom or his you know his mom that passed away and he's sort of coming to terms with that and he's like he he, he can't accept her as his actual mom because it's that's not his mom and sort of just kind of dealing with the grief of loss and shit like that like the, the, these are very clear and common elements and i thought that this was what the film was going to be about. I thought it was going to be how he comes to terms with the loss of his mother and how he ultimately deals with it and potentially grows from it. But it just doesn't come across that way at all. 
and and it's fine it doesn't have to you know there doesn't have to be this conclusive you know ending like it doesn't necessarily have to feel like mahito has to go through this sort of like characters you know arc similar to a lot of other you know a, a lot of other characters have kind of gone through and maybe like coming of age stories i think where a death of like a parent or a guardian is involved like this is sort of a common i feel like it's sort of a common uh you know storyline or narrative but it just the the additional elements that were sort of added on were not they were not they were not compelling to me at all and they it just didn't add any sort of it, it just there wasn't just here's the really was just like there were pieces of ideas that were put into the film with potentially in my eyes or from my perspective there is something that you could interpret from that addition whether it's like an artistic addition in terms of what is being shown through the illustrations or what is kind of being said through certain characters dialogues like bits and pieces are thrown in there but it's just not enough to give me a sense of emotional attachment to any of the characters and it it's, it's that's really um i feel when i go into ghibli movies and that's maybe you know the fault potentially lies in my own expectations of what i would expect you know quote unquote expect a ghibli movie to be like or a miyazaki film to be like you know what i mean um and because he sort of went in a less traditional and more like esoteric kind of you could say uh you know surreal and non-traditional direction with this film that you know maybe the kind of the fault lies with the viewer potentially or the audience for expecting like another spirited away or another princess mononoke whatever right i think you know that i think that's you could argue that some of the responsibility lies on the viewer and how they should approach you know films and stuff like that but what i kind of i i guess like i just wanted for considering how heavy the themes and how sort of how much weight there was being held by Mahito and his character I just felt like there was no there wasn't a strong enough resolution and I just felt I didn't really feel a lot after watching this film I felt frustrated and I felt like kind of let down that's what that's what I felt but that was as a result of my you know that was a result of after my kind of feelings towards the film in general it wasn't the feelings that i had while watching it you know what i mean like i just didn't feel any strong feelings during like during during watching the film and i just i just felt i i don't know it, it was just it, it, it like i was trying to like latch on to concepts and ideas i i i and i'm more like you know, now I now that I sort of viewed the movie, I'm able to reflect on it a little bit more and think about, you know, the the symbolism and the 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 thematic elements, and sort of what the what characters and what the world like the dream world or like the underworld, what that kind of represents and whatnot, and I'm able to kind of gleam some more things now that I think about it, but it it just doesn't like I I don't know how much more appreciation i can give this film after a second viewing you know what i mean like i think that there's only so much that i can kind of take away from it because i i did really try to you know absorb things and really you know enjoy the movie for what it was but if i like go in on a second viewing with a much more kind of like analytical lens i don't know how much more i'm going to take away from this because i i I, I wanted to 
feel something and I just didn't feel really anything. And that's really the most like disappointing part of this movie. With most Ghibli films, at least like the, you know, the you know, the classics and most Miyazaki films that I've seen, I feel something, you know? Like maybe I don't necessarily connect to everything that's going on. But I at least feel like, oh, okay, there's a sense of adventure and wonder because the the world is so, like, imaginative. And there's a sense that there's a reason why these characters or these, you know, these things are being drawn or things are being shown. But for this movie, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm really trying to reflect back on things that made me feel and I'm just I just can't think of any there's one of the uh, another big issue that I have with this film is the pacing of it and the way that it's sort of structured the the first half of the movie is incredibly slow and based off of the things that they set up at the very beginning where it's sort of like you see how Mahito is sort of dealing with his grief and his kind of relationship with his new mother and living at this new location and kind of discovering kind of the little mysteries of, of you know, where he is. And it's it's building up to something, right? But, the, it, it, I, but like, when you look back, it's like th- that buildup was not worth it at all. There was nothing that felt... There was just a lot of scenes that didn't feel necessary there were a lot of scenes that felt i'm kind of talking about in the first half as well there were many scenes that did not feel like it needed to be so long to stay kind of like oh we're we're gonna just kind of like we're gonna let you view the serenity of this location and let you kind of sit with it and i was like okay let me let me let me sit with it let me try to take it all in but it just like i thought you know I think it would have been more interesting and maybe it would have been less exciting if they maybe just stayed at the mansion location and they didn't go into kind of this fantastical world. You know what I mean? Like if they had just like sat there and he sort of like built up these relationships with these characters within within kind of the context of the real world and he didn't have to go into like the underground world or the underworld i think that might have been a bit more there might have been a bit more there because we just don't he doesn't interact with these characters enough for me to feel any connection to them or feel that there's like this strong tie or relationship between him and any of the other characters because we don't spend enough time with them and once we get into like the you know the the underworld whatever you you want to consider it the spirit world the dream world then it it starts to really pick up but at that point it doesn't give enough time then to again consider the relationships that are kind of occurring there is sort of this sense of there is a bit of an adventure going on but it just is not you're like why is like i like i I, you could try to interpret why a certain thing is happening it's like okay why is this happening right now you know what i mean i feel like there's a lot of scenes that don't have a purpose existing in the film like they just don't add anything to the film if that makes sense you know what i mean like it's just sort of there to sort of continue the plot forward but it doesn't add i i don't know like i i was just really struggling to the it just felt like it, it just the pacing just felt weird and i just kind of it just felt disjointed and there were uh, the the last like 10 minutes were just kind of this like rush to like the finish they started introducing all of these concepts about the world and the dream world and these characters and you're like you know like what are what is the significance of this character they they introduced this one character i'll try not to spoil anything but they introduced this one character towards like the end of the film like literally like pretty much like the last 10 minutes what it felt like 
and they have such like a <laughs> they have such like a significant impact on the plot and the world where you're like why though why do they how did their presence affect so much of it and like what do what does their like you know what i mean and it's like you could reflect on the real world and how the birds or the parakeets could potentially symbolize like i don't know fascism or totalitarianism or some kind of you know you could insert group here like you could make that kind of comparison to real world comparison but it's just not enough it's not strong enough of an argument or strong enough of a connection for it to warrant that type of for my perspective it just doesn't warrant that type of in-depth analysis you know what i mean like I, I you know there are people out there who could really make those connections but it's like okay but within the context of the story like what does this actually represent what does this mean to the character you know what i mean and that's just like i don't know this movie felt very similar and it, these movies aren't really at all the same honestly but like a couple of years ago and I talked about this as well. There's a movie called Bell. It's an animation. It's a completely different story. Uh, but but the pacing and the way the thing the way things were structured in that film reminded me a lot of this one of the boy and the heron, because they introduced this concept in the movie. Like, it was sort of, like, meant to be, like, a Beauty and the Beast sort of parallel. But then it became something completely different. And this was this movie was kind of similar in that vein. Where you thought it was going to be about a movie about a boy overcoming, you know, overcoming the death of his mother. But then it becomes, like, something else. <laughs> That's just, and then, like, it, it becomes messy. And the, the, the thematic elements are just not strong enough uh, to, to really give any sense of just like satisfaction um so like i because like and at the end of the movie i i'm not again i'm not going to spoil anything there is a resolution but it's like what is like what what did the main character learn like how did he grow from this experience how did he change or develop we don't see that. I, I don't feel there was, like, a change in his character. Like, sure, maybe he, like, accepted his situation in a sense. But, like, where in the story do we see... I don't know. Like, where in the story do we see him, like... Okay. This is my life. I have to do the best that I can moving forward. I'm gonna accept it. And I'm going to do the best that I can. We just, I just, we just don't see that. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? There's just too many loose ends. There, there's just, there's not enough time that was given to the characters or for like the world building. Like the world building was also like kind of really rushed at the very like end of the film. And it was like, okay, so like there's sort of like this concept of parallel universes or time travel or whatever the fuck and it's like i don't how, how does this enhance the story like i it just it goes in too many it goes in a completely different direction and the main core thing whatever it was you know whether it was him like the you could argue that the you know the the sort of the theme of the movie was sort of stated by like the uncle or the great uncle of the world you know who if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about where it's like you 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 must create a world free of malice or whatever it's like okay how does this connect <laughs> like how how like i understand mahito's character is sort of like angry towards the heron at the beginning of the film but where else does that appear where else do we see him exhibit emotions like that like we just don't i just don't see it 
what is the reasoning for the way in which the world was constructed like is is this dream world sort of a representation of the subconscious i don't think i just doesn't feel that way you know what i mean like it's not like you you could make it into a thing where it's like him looking at a reflection of himself and he's also diving under the surface so he's diving into himself to discover who he truly is and maybe you could make something out of that but that that's not there that's not there it is not a movie of like self discovery which is what i felt like it should have been it was not a movie about coming to terms with the death of like a significant person in your life a parent or loved one right it just didn't like it it, it was but it didn't it, it just didn't like deliver on that front so what was this movie about and i don't know i don't know what this movie was about and that's that's really the kind of the baseline honestly that's kind of my conclusion i i i don't know what this movie was trying to tell me and i'm like trying to figure out like oh you should approach like you can maybe take away like oh you should approach the world from a more like you know from a perspective where you aren't seeking revenge or seeking to harm others it's like okay but i just don't see that being shown in the movie at all and that's yeah i i i don't i don't know what the ultimate thematic message was maybe it's a lot of things but all those ideas are very i I, they're not strong enough they're not presented strong enough to it to give me a sense of like satisfaction um there's a comparison i want to make um i've talked about nino kuni before um i've talked about you know how (laughs) in the past I, i think i've talked about how the the I feel the Nino Kuni and the Wrath of the White Witch is sort of a uh, less superior version of the original DS game, which I have. Um, the original game without the, you know, White Witch portion of it. Um, so speaking of that, the you know the the concept of like that movie or the, the that the game this movie spirited away it's all kind of you know in the vein of like an isekai a little bit right you're you know you're sort of uh you're brought into this whole different world and the 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 sort of the inciting incident of nino kuni is pretty much the same thing as this this or uh, as the boy in the heron his mother dies um and he has to kind of come come to terms with it i feel in nino kuni that the game does a really good job of presenting how oliver the main character how he deals with his grief and there's a lot more of a, like a fantastical element with the game and of course it, it is a video game so like you're gonna be you know fighting monsters and that sort of thing but just the 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 idea in the the game is it's it's a lot more concrete than it is in this film the ideas in the in nino kuni is essentially that there's like a separate world that's parallel to the real world and things that are sort of manifestations in the fantasy world exist in the real world as well like you know characters like you could argue and i I think i might have touched upon it as well there are some things where it's like okay maybe it's not like the best way to portray things like mental health and shit like that like you can't just cure someone of these things but i think the, the 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 idea the thrust of the ideas i think come from a good place where you you know you solve the issues of people that exist in the real world in the fantasy world by kind of you know you know deleting or you know getting rid of their woes and shit like that um again maybe not the best representation of that but i like the idea of it and i like the concept of helping people through sort of a 
you know, kind of in a subconscious level, you know what I mean? And as Oliver helps all of the people in his life, in his community, the people that exist in, you know, both in the fantasy world and the real world, some of that is kind of blurred a little bit. So, you know, it's not always going to be consistent. There's some plot holes for sure that you can kind of like point out and shit. But the, 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 the real... Um, sorry, I got cut off by some, I had to, had to take a call. I might have to wrap up pretty soon. So I might, I might resume this conversation in a couple of days <laughs> because I, I have a lot to say, but the main thing is Oliver comes to terms with his grief in a very healthy way. I feel like it, it is, it is heartbreaking. It is very, um, it's a very, you know, tragic kind of story from, you know, it's a happy story for the most part because, like, he's adventuring and stuff. But the main conflict is he has to come to terms with it. And he sort of, he has to, he, he does. And, and there's this sort of, like, you know, inner realization. And it's really hard for him to really accept it. But he has the support of the people around him and shit like that. And I feel like the, the game does a really good job of capturing that and i thought you know maybe i let myself down because i expected <laughs> because i sort of expected maybe the boy and the heron to kind of go in this similar route but i i just felt that that the game did a really good job of doing that so if you were here's my recommendation if you were disappointed by the boy and the heron and how it handled its themes check out nino kuni i think the white witch is fine i think i think it's fine I know that the DS version is not available for American, you know, European audiences. Um, that is a superior game in my opinion, but I still think it's the, the White Witch is fine. Um, so that's my recommendation. I'm going to get into it more. I want to talk about... I, there's still some things that I may want to get into the movie a little bit more. So I'm going to save that for a conversation uh, for later this, later this, this weekend. Okay, recording this on Saturday now. Um, continuing on, I had a lot to say. I still have like a lot to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be as as again as coherent as possible about uh, my thoughts on the movie. Um, I don't want to harp on it for too long. Like I, I, it's just like I feel like once. If I if I kind of continue to criticize the movie, it's just going to continue to kind of build up and stuff. Um, again, I, there are things that I can appreciate, and there are things that I can sort of take away from the movie that I can look back on and be like, "That was an interesting concept." There's some really intriguing ideas that were presented here. Just overall, the movie "The Boy and the Heron" was just not a very. It, it just wasn't like I, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to, and it's hard for me to kind of recommend it, um, to a lot of people, because I feel like, although it is, it is somehow having a good box office, I, I still think it mostly is coming from the fact that it's coming from Miyazaki and Ghibli, and it's sort of under the, under the name and pedigree and stuff, um, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily a movie for general audiences, though. Um, so it is much more artsy, all that. Anyways, I was talking about, I was comparing the movie to Nino Kuni and how I feel that the messages in the game or how the central theme in the game was presented and concluded on a much more satisfying note in comparison to this movie where the ideas were sort of all over the place and there wasn't like a sing there wasn't like a thing there wasn't like a single thing that you can necessarily latch onto um i will give credence to the fact that the movie is like 2 hours long in comparison to nino kuni where it's like 30 40 hours long and you spend all this time with this character and all that and i i, I totally understand that like you know i think in some senses, movies are probably the most restrictive media just based on the time alone. Like with TV shows, you could it spans 
uh, you know, obviously multiple episodes and like, you know, multiple seasons. So you have the time to spend with these characters and see them develop with a movie. You're only get, you're given such a, you're given like a pretty, you know, you're, you're just given a limited runtime and you're not able to develop every single aspect of it. You're sort of, you have to do the best that you can within those constraints. And that's, that's where some great movies come from. It's like no scene, no moment in it is wasted. Like every single piece or every single, just, you know, every single minute of the movie is, has a purpose in its, you know, in its existence and, and why it's, it's a part of the film, right? That's why like movies have to be sort of cut and maybe there was, I, I, I think in the case of the boy and the heron, it's a, it's possible that a lot of things were you know potentially cut out from the movie in order to reduce the runtime and everything like that. You know what I mean? Because it really felt like there were some moments that were kind of missing, um, whether it be like explanations or just see like connecting scenes that would uh, I don't know that would make more sense to include in order to like transition smoothly from one set piece to the next. Um, but you know, we, we didn't really get that. Um, so I, I, I think that, so, so, you know, kind of extending that kind of an olive branch, if you want to call it that to this movie and saying, I, I, you know, I understand you're sort of within the constraints of a film and you're not essentially given the same, amount of time as like a, you know a video game or a tv show that being said there are still ways that you can make the ideas the concepts <clears throat> the pacing in it to be to fit and to be more just cohesive you know what i mean and i understand filmmakers intent i don't necessarily know what his intent was making this film and everything like that um what the true messaging was and then it's it's you know i've heard that a lot of the interpretation is up to you as the viewer and that's totally fair. I think that is completely fair to allow, you know, to challenge the viewer to delve deeper into it themselves. And I, I understand that approach, but I, I just, I just have struggled with this film. And again, I, I, I think that there's still ways despite it being limited that it could present its ideas more effectively. Uh, this is a completely different movie that I watched kind of recently. There's a movie called Nocturnal Animals. It came out a little while ago. Um, and it's, it's, it's a completely different movie. But I felt that the majority of the scenes, I felt like really each scene had a purpose in its existence. Like there was not really a moment that was wasted like every single scene every shot it, it felt like it had a purpose in in the narrative in showing us the viewers something some symbolism some idea you know whether it's like lingering on a shot on a character or you know um like there, there's these kind of smaller scenes with like Amy Adams where she interacts with people and, and you're like, well, but those scenes have a purpose too. Like the dialogue is, it's a pretty well-written movie. Like I feel like there's, there's every, you know, kind of every line also has some reason for its existence. So I, I, I think overall that, that movie, like, I know it's, it's just, it's not exactly the same thing, but it didn't like, it held, you know, moments where, like that, you know, it's it's a very different movie for sure. But every, you know, scenes that were sort of maybe, you know, a bit longer than others, there was a purpose for that scene existing. Like the, at the very beginning of the movie, there's an incredibly uncomfortable scene. At at the very beginning, it's uncomfortable. It's tense. It's like fuck, dude. Just I just move. Let's just move. You know what I mean? And. It was very effective because it, every moment it was like, dude, I just want this scene to fucking end, but it doesn't end. It just keeps going. And, but, and it's like, 
there there was reason for that. It was building tension. It was continually continually building tension, and then just like the eventual sort of like conclusion, quote unquote conclusion of it is is devastating too, and it it helps add to that kind of you know experience with with the boy and the heron. When there's like certain scenes where it's like lingering on a specific shot, you know, you you're you're sort of there to, you know, my understanding or what I felt from the the purpose of those scenes is that it was meant for you to sort of reflect and take the time, also to appreciate the artistry. But I I felt that time was given for you to sort of reflect within the frame of this sort of painting and viewing it. But I just didn't feel there was enough to latch on to with those moments, too. So, yeah, I, I, I think I feel like I've said my piece with, with this, um, with the movie and my criticisms with it. There are still I, I, I feel like there's I, there's I can keep going in terms of, the you know, the things that I can kind of critique with it. Um, like, uh, I guess one more thing is I, I didn't like the music a lot, unfortunately, like the piano pieces were like really nice, but it also felt a bit too, I, it felt like it was being like it, it, the, the way it was like, I don't know what exactly it was, but I felt like distracted by the music. Like it felt like clearly someone was playing the music, someone was playing the piano, while like a film of the movie was playing like it didn't feel like it was being it was composed to exist alongside the movie like it felt like it was like a separate thing you know what i mean does that make any sense whatsoever like it felt like someone was playing the piano while while the movie was being played like it felt like very separate and it didn't feel like it was together there's some tracks in the in the movie, some some of the more like orchestral tracks that I think are really nice, but they're so like few and far in between that I didn't feel like it was like super effective. Um, a lot of the music, especially toward the beginning of the film, these kind of like quiet piano, you know, piano pieces, while they are nice, I just, I, it just didn't like it didn't give me any kind of emotion to latch on. Like it didn't give me like an emotion that I could sort of connect to. Um, and it was a bit like, <laughs> I, this, I don't mean this in like, I don't mean this like in, sh- you know, to give too much shade, but it did feel like kind of like a, the breath of the wild soundtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's a lot of ambient noise and pianos, uh, <clears throat> piano, piano, like, you know, songs, and while it is really nice, it it just didn't give me the sense of wonder that I really kind of would want from a movie like this. Like, I I feel like I needed to just be, like, brought in with with the the kind of sweeping sounds of, you know, Joe Hisashi, but I just couldn't get that. And I know this is a very different movie from, again, his other from Miyazaki's other films but just like the soundtrack from like Castle in the Sky and obviously uh Spirited Away like there's just this ah you're just like there's just these memorable tracks and just the 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 music fits every the the when the 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 music that plays during the scenes fit and they just feel like oh you're like yes it just encapsulates the experience and it helps elevate the storytelling and in, in the moment too and you're like this is some good shit. The intro song for Castle in the Sky is fucking incredible. Like that, th- those, it, it's just like, you know what I mean? The music like elevated the movie and it was also a part of the movie too. But again, like I said, it felt separate in this film for some reason. Like I could just hear the music being played on the piano and it felt like I was listening to some it felt like i was like i was listening to like a you know like a public piano player <laughs> playing while like a silence you know film like you know was kind of being shown i don't know man it just didn't work for me um maybe that's a very nitpicky thing 
it, from from my kind of as, as a criticism for me but yeah it, it just it, that that also kind of bothered me too like i i just wish the music was a little better um again so yeah i i, I think i think that that's kind of like the last thing that i wanted to say uh was it was the music in regards to to the movie um it's entirely possible that if I come back to this movie later on, I might have some more appreciation for it. Like maybe a second viewing will give me a bit more perspective now that I have the understanding of, you know, Miyazaki's kind of life and his, um, you know, kind of maybe his childhood growing up and his experiences. But I, I, as, 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 as a first viewing and kind of looking back on it and I, I just didn't, really enjoy it a whole lot uh, unfortunately and uh i i I think there are people that are going to be that are going to appreciate it maybe some more like people that are looking for more you know deeper themes within kind of the uh symbolism and 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 and, and, and images that are kind of shown but again this movie just wasn't it for me uh unfortunately so yeah um there were some things (laughs) Now we can kind of move on from from that. Um, there's some so there's some other things that I kind of wanted to touch on, um, for uh, just to catch up on uh, where I currently am at for uh, Thirteen Sentinel. So I'm at the end of the game now. Um, I'm really I'm 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 like pretty close to towards the end of the game. Um, this game is you know I I've already given my praises for the game and 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 all that. It's it's kind of like it's it's a very <laughs> I think what it boils down to for this game is like you know as as everything is kind of being revealed and you you sort of understand what the character motivations are and what the ultimate kind of plot and what what is really going on uh, really sort of what it comes down to is that each character's kind of motivation comes from somewhat of an emotional and selfish place and it's a very it, it's it's funny because of just how like chaotic the plot is of how all over the place is of how much emphasis they put on you know machinery and like ai and uh just just a very strong emphasis and kind of weight on technology and how much of an effect that has on the world and kind of the you know just everything that's going on ultimately this is a very human story the motivations what drives each character is it's just like a very like it is based on their relationships with other characters and their feelings towards them that is what drives them to act in the way that they are and it's all (laughs) it's all circled around just kind of this kind of love that's what it is it's it's i don't want to give too much away but that's what it is it's it's what it comes down to wanting to do it for someone else and that's really what it comes down to some uh, some characters are are more selfish and they are all you know they are sort of doing it for themselves for sure but it is because they want to feel something it's because they do they already feel something and they want to have a sense of emotion emotional fulfillment and that's kind of what drives them it's it's you know it is both like self-preservation and it's like an act or a, of service in 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 in, in the you know for for love that's that's what it is that's what this game is kind of what it, what it kind of is really the bottom line it's it's all of this crazy shit but if you break out you know if you peel away the layers of all the characters and what they're doing it's they're all doing it for someone else or they're doing it for personal reasons it, it's it's personal it's it's emotional that's what they're all acting it is like it is not like logical like they're they don't act out of like 
oh, it is the most efficient way to deal with it. No, they all do it because of their own selfish and personal <laughs> reasons. And I think that's incredibly fascinating. And I, I, I love just like even the most, you know, it's like the, you know, the, the, the most mysterious characters you, you start to, you know, you, you break away kind of their, you know, their, their barriers, like the characters that seem to be like the most cold and calculated, um, you, you break away their wall. It's like, Oh, that's why they're doing all this, man. That's why they're doing all this. That's what it comes down to. It's, it's very like, you're kind of like, you you almost pity them. Like some of the characters that are a bit more selfish and a bit more like, I don't know, that they're, they're less, I don't know. They're, they're, they, they're, they're less compassionate about others. Like even them, you're just like, Oh, you're, you're just doing it because you want to be, you just want to be, you know, just want to be with someone. And that's what it, that's what it is. And I don't know. I, I, I really like that. I really like just because it, it it's such like a, it starts off so heady. Just, there's just so much happening, especially toward like in the first like 10 hours or something. You're like, what the fuck is all this, man? Like I'm having a lot of fun, but dude, they're just throwing in more wrenches, more screws, just like more crazy concepts. You're like, what there's now this, like what time period are we in again? Like what, what is he, what is happening? Who is this guy? Why did he do that? Like it's, it's all of these things. And, and then just like, as you reveal everything it's just far more clear like what like you're just like oh all all of these conflicts are from an emotional place and um yeah it's it's very it's very well done (laughs) this is becoming like one of my favorite games um and i've i've thoroughly enjoyed uh just kind of peeling away this game is like a mystery this game, you know, you could say, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of things, right? It's, it's a whole, it is like a, uh, is a, I don't know how to exactly say it. Uh, there's a word. I know there's a word for it, but it is a combination of all of these elements of, of sci-fi, you know, sci-fi kind of, uh, it's like mecha battle, the uh, visual story novel, uh, you know, gameplay, choose your own adventure, kind of a mystery. It, it it's it's it, it's all of these things, and it's um somehow it works. Somehow it ties all together, and somehow it makes sense. It it really does make sense ultimately. Like it's just like like you know, I I I think that with with things. I found with with games or not not even just games but movies m- albums or anything that's you know very intellectually kind of heavy there's just a lot of conceptual stuff going on that might not be that you can't necessarily like give like a surface level interpretation on like I I I feel like you can just sort of pick away at these things. It's like, oh, there's this, you know, there's like a, you know, there's, there's, there's the concept of, you know, there's, there's like the concept of like the collective unconscious or whatever. And it is like where everyone is like connected together in, in, you know, mentally and the, 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 the thoughts and ideas of everybody is sort of like combined and you know, synthesized together to sort of create this like ether, you know, um, thing of that sort of exists within our world as a sort of a concept. And then, but if you just really break it down, it's just like, Oh, everybody is feeling a certain kind of way. And that is what dry, that's, what's kind of driving this force, right? Like there's, there's people feel strongly about something and they want, things to change and so there is a subsequent response in which there you know people strive for change to occur within you know within like this you know society or whatever so i don't know i i I think it's like 
you 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 kind of go to a character's base motivations it's like oh why are you acting this way this feels illogical it's like yeah because it is it's not he's not acting out of like it's like why would you make those decisions like this just doesn't make any sense whatsoever it doesn't because they're acting on emotion that's what it is and um i think that's really like what a lot of you know the if you if you you can kind of like i i feel and you know i'm I'm sure that this is very much simplifying things but i feel that it is really the case where the major most characters motivations are coming from a base place of like it, it doesn't like it's not logical it's just them it's them being angry or sad or just they they need to feel they need to like fulfill something that they're missing um or they're you know they're in love like it, it's all of these you know things that drive characters to to act in the way that they do in the way that they do and i feel like this game has sort of given me a bit more of appreciation for i don't know a lot of medium mediums in general a lot of stories in general um and just kind of looking at all of them across the board some of them are a lot more you know some stories are very simple and easy to understand but even with the store even with stories that are far more complex like it's like oh like there's a conflict that is occurring and you know that conflict might be somewhat complex because there's like history to it uh, but like the individuals that sort of are circumfer you know you know that kind of circumvent that issue the way that they're motivated, it's like they're, you know, they're coming from a place of emotion and whatnot because they're reacting to it and they're, and they're dealing it how they will. So I don't know. I, 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 I feel there's, I'm able to uh, like look at a lot of other, you know, stories and a lot of other sh like shows and movies and whatnot kind of from the perspective after playing this game because just the way it developed and the way that it slowly uncovered is very well done and i i, I just i really like how it presented that um concept um if you will and um i don't know it's just it's just fun it's also a very fun game too so um i'm very uh I'll, I'll I don't know like I, I I'll probably talk about the game more as you know after I beat it uh which will be probably up you know pretty you know coming up pretty soon and um yeah I think uh, I've spent a lot of time with this game uh it's gonna be kind of bittersweet uh moving on after after I beat this but uh I'm also looking forward to pl picking up some new games um that I actually picked up on sale recently. Um, so I got Okami, uh, which is a game that I've been wanting to play for quite some time now, or quite a long time now. Um, and then I picked up Disco Elysium. I might have mentioned this. Maybe I'm, I think I'm, I might be repeating myself. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Okami just because I think the like the gameplay is you know, a lot different. It's, it's, you know, action adventure combat game sort of in, in the line with like Zelda. Um, so I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go into that first, uh, before I go into Disco Elysium. Cause I think based from my, based on, from, based on what I know about Disco Elysium, it is more like a strategy RPG, right? Um, and, or like, you know, more just kind of, uh, top-down strategy game so uh i think i'm uh i think i want to shift towards something a little different because that is kind of similar at least the combat is sort of is, is kind of similar to not that similar but it's it's more in line with like 13 sentinels combat even though it is pretty different but you know what i mean uh just sort of like a grid-based combat system uh so yeah those are some of the games that I am looking forward to. Let me look at my calendar. Um, so next week is uh, 
New Year's or just kind of the weekend before New Year's. Uh, have I done like a New Year's kind of thing? I remember last year I was saying like I'm not going to do New Year's resolutions or whatever. How am I feeling this year? I think this year, I don't know. There are already things that I'm kind of working on. And so I'm, I think I'm just going to continue to work on those things. So, um, I don't know. I think I might just do like a reflection on this whole past year. Uh, and then just kind of, you know, talk about some of the things that I might be looking forward to next year, uh, for next weekend's episode. Um, and then obviously talk about basketball and other shit. So that is, that is the plan. Um, I know I've been ranting about the boy and the heron for quite some time in this episode, so I appreciate you for bearing with me. And, um, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. This has been Save the Semantics, signing off.